Welcome into the pregame show on the Sports Betting Network. Good morning, everybody. I am Brady Cannon, live from the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa. My partner, James Salinas, is on board from Denver, Colorado, as we set the table for you on a full Saturday schedule of sports betting opportunities. James, good morning to you, my friend. And let's jump right in. We have some NBA basketball and Major League Baseball getting underway less than an hour from now. And first up, we'll start on the hardwood. It is the Bulls at the Nets. That's 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Now, Chicago, they were trying to hang in there for a long time, but they have finally been eliminated from the postseason. And with two games left to play, the Nets lead Milwaukee by just a game for second place in the Eastern Conference. Now, Brooklyn, a big favorite here today at home by 11 with a total of 235. No play for me here, Brady, just with the news with Washington clinching last night and knocking the Bulls out. guess that's where we figure out today and tomorrow. A lot of playoff implications when it comes to seeding for for a number of teams. You mentioned Brooklyn here. Just not sure what we're going to see out of the Bulls side and and what kind of energy level they're going to bring into this game knowing, all right, this is the last weekend of the season. Our playoff hopes are over. Now we're going to go face a Nets team that's actually might see all the big three on the floor tonight we ha- or this morning. We haven't seen that, Brady. We've only seen that seven times so far this season. So I think from the Nets perspective, perfect timing right now. They got to start working because they really haven't been able to get Harden, Kyrie, and KD on the floor together very often this season. What are they going to work through today? That's really what I'm going to be looking at watching this game. No bet for me, but it's really going to be more of an assessment. So I think we saw when, when Harden was in there, whether it was KD was in or out, same thing with Kyrie. Harden really took the role as the lead facilitator in a sense, let's just call him a point forward, really running the, running the offense, looking to distribute, get his teammates involved. So now I want to see how he reacclimates himself with the with his other two big partners here as well as the rest of the team. What does that look like on both sides of the floor when it comes to execution? Yeah, I think we don't really know Chicago's mindset here. I mean, they could absolutely be packing it in here and ready for the offseason, and I think that's built into the price. So no, no play for me either in this one, James. Uh, the Lakers at the Pacers, this will also tip at the top of the hour. Indiana, they are in in the play-in round, currently in the nine hole out east, but they could move up to eight. They could also drop down to ten with just two games remaining in the regular season. The Lakers are currently seventh in the West. They could still avoid the play-in round by moving up to six. They'll likely need wins both today at Indiana and then again on Sunday at New Orleans. They've won three in a row and the road favorites here today by eight and a half at Indiana, 227 your total. Number keeps coming in. It was earlier. I saw it this morning. Lakers favored by seven out here in Colorado, Brady. It's currently sitting at eight. Total is the same as where you're at there at the South Point. Thinking about looking at these injury reports, we've been doing that too, right up to game time. Still a number of players listed as game time decision for the Lakers, but who I do not see on here is LeBron James. So suspect he's going to start. He's got to have to start trying to get himself out there on the floor because, yeah, the Lakers are trying to play themselves out 
of the play-in. They want to get into that sixth spot and avoid having that one-game elimination process with, as far as what the play-on looks like and having to play additional games just to get into the actual playoff seating. So here it's kind of the same thing with the Lakers trying to get their players back onto the court, find some sense of consistency out there, working through uh, the fact that they just haven't been able to get out there and, and build any chemistry on the court together takes some time. So that's really what I see these games here for the Lakers. Obviously, they're, they're looking to win so they don't get stuck in that seventh spot and potentially end up playing the Warriors in that first in that first play and see if seven and eight if it plays out that way, which would be a really fun, exciting game to, to see come next week. But I think here, looking at the Pacers injuries as well, you, you know, like you talked about, they're sitting there somewhere they could fall anywhere between the eight and the 10 seed, but this is a team really limping to the finish line and in that playoff scenario and that play-in scenario, Brady. And looking here, we're still seeing Lavert. Lavert is still, he's been really carrying this team offensively for the last few weeks once he's gotten back onto the floor and with his new teammates and gotten healthy. But I, I just think here with the game time decision with both Sabonis and Lavert, I can see why the money's moving on the Lakers, but I did not play this game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, agree with the steam as well, but I'm not involved either. The numbers kind of gotten away from it now. Uh, the Hornets at the Knicks. New York is in and they are locked into sixth place in the East currently. Charlotte, they're like Indiana, James. They could finish eighth, ninth, or tenth as far as the play-in round spots. The Hornets have lost three in a row and they're underdogs today in New York. They're catching six with a total of 211 and a half. Looking at Charlotte, and that's the same number I have out here, continues to, was ticking up slightly. I saw it Knicks five and a half earlier this morning. So money coming in slightly on the Knicks. And makes sense from this standpoint, like you talked about with Charlotte losing three in a row. And they've had a number of injuries to have to deal with. I believe that Bridges may return from his pro, COVID protocol. I do not see him on the list. So I think at least from that standpoint, they're getting Bridges back. The only one that I see listed as out is, is still Gordon Hayward, who who's been out for over a month with his foot injury and not sure if he'll even get back for the playoffs. I think I think Charlotte would have to get through the play-in scenario and actually get into a playoff seed for to see Hayward on the floor. So looking at this team going forward, I think this is where finally getting some players back from injury, maybe this is a spot here where they they show up here and I think they come and give the Knicks they I think the, they give the Knicks a run. I think the Charlotte Hornets have been playing hard. It's not as if this is a team that is just kind of going through the motions like like we've seen with some of these, we've seen with some of these other teams, Brady. I think Charlotte has been putting out consistent effort. They just haven't been able to field a consistent team out on the court uh, for the last month due to a number of injuries. But here, money keeps coming in on the Knicks. I'm going to keep an eye on this. I haven't played this game yet, but I, I'm kind of leaning towards the Hornets here, getting that price plus the six because I think we'll see a good effort out of Charlotte today. Yeah, I agree with you, James. If this got up to seven, I would definitely take a hard look at the Hornets here. I, I think they have a little bit more to play with and I agree with you that they've been playing hard the Knicks may just you know kind of let this one roll out get through it and, and get to the playoffs which they are already in one baseball go, uh, game going to first pitch here at 10 10 Pacific 1 10 p.m. Eastern and that will be the Mets at the Rays Drew Smith goes for New York versus Shane McClanahan Tampa Bay they've won two in a row and they trail Boston by three games in the American League East New York has won seven of ten and they lead the NL East by a half a game. They're a big dog, though, here. Plus 140 on the money line on the road today at Tampa, James, with a total of seven and a half. 
Brady, this and earlier when I was looking at this game, I didn't. I had two different starters listed. I had Luke, or I had Drew Smith starting. Uh, then I had. Then we saw McClanahan and and Lucchese for the Mets. I was like, which one is going to actually get here and and be listed as the starter? And I think we're getting used to that with some of these teams being a little thin when it comes to starting pitching, as well as these openers that we're seeing a number of teams start to adapt and adopt into their into their starting rotation as far as trying to stretch out some of their other starters throughout the season. We know it's a full season this year, and it is a grind as the Major League Baseball season. I didn't have a player. It is that number is continuing to tick up here in favor of the the Rays right now, but wasn't really sure where to go with this game, Brady. Just when I was looking at it earlier, I wasn't sure who the actual starter was going to be when it came down to the Mets. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I didn't do anything with this one either. James, uh, we've talked about it. There's only two games left in the regular season of the NBA schedule. But on the ice, we have some hockey playoff series beginning today. It'll get underway this evening. It'll be the uh, Bruins and the Capitals. And I tell you, this is going to be great here pretty quick when we have the NBA and hockey playoffs going simultaneously. Uh, This is game one of a seven-game set. And Washington is the higher seed. They finished the regular season with 77 points to Boston. 73, but the Bees are favored tonight. Minus 130 on the road with a total of five and a half, and they're the favorite for the series as well, James. Minus 150 for the entire series in favor of Boston. What are your thoughts both the series and tonight's game? Interesting to see how the, how that has moved. You talked about the series price. That that is really it's sitting here out here in Colorado. Brady is sitting at a dollar fifty five in favor mm. of the Bruins. Saw that earlier <laughs> earlier in the week, you know, a few days ago, and it was continuing to climb up. So lots of money coming in on the Bruins, and I think on the Capitals side, T.J. Oshie, his status. What is he going to be? Is he going to be available in this series? I think that's where looking at some of the COVID issues that the Caps have had to had to. Find Right through or late in the season two. I think that's maybe where reasoning for the start as to why the money's coming in on the Bruins is some of the issues with the roster when it comes to the Capitals. And then obviously with the Bruins, I, I think you can check the box in a number of areas when you're comparing matchups. And I guess for Brady, I'd like to get your perspective. When you look at series, especially this year, it's different. These teams have played each other so many times. So a lot of times when I look at whether it's NBA playoffs or even NFL, whatever I'm looking at when I start to break down, whether it's a series or a particular matchup, you know, I'm going to look at the rosters. I'm going to look at the matchups, X's and O's, those types of things here. Now, because of the, the how they structured the NHL season this year, they got to play each other so many times, whether it was eight and or nine games, depending on which division you were in. That's a lot to be able to pull from. I'm wondering here now, the fact that we've seen this series, they've split the series, each team taking down four games out of the eight. There's so much to go off here when we're looking at these matchups. I really wasn't sure where to go off. I get why the money's coming in on the Bruins, but it's kind of hard for me right now to try to pull uh, pull the trigger against the Caps at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. I did not make a series play here, or do I have a play on the game tonight? I'm just going to sit back. I've got a uh, futures ticket on the Capitals to hoist the 
Cup at 20 to 1, which is a pretty good number. Uh, I've got a few other teams in pocket as well. So I'm going to sit back and see if I can get the Capitals to advance. But the Bruins, and you alluded to it, James, they're really one of the hot item teams in the NHL right now. Ever since the trade deadline, they've really been playing great hockey, and I understand why they're the favorite. I just wonder if there's a, you know, a point where there's a little bit too much love for Boston, and you're getting like plus 135, maybe you'll get to plus 140 for the series on Washington. I think this thing probably goes seven games, and I wouldn't have a, mind having a price like that on the Capitals. And that that's an opportunity maybe where you can find, you know, as the series progresses and maybe even get a better number, especially if the Caps struggling through some injuries now start to get healthy as the series progresses. And these are going to be long series. So basically all of the playoff series starting here in the NHL, it's going to alternate game days. So game on, day off, game on, day off, where it's going to stretch these series out almost into, if it goes that deep, six, seven games, potentially going almost two weeks of time where if you had some injuries coming in with some folks that were questionable, you might start to see players coming back at some point during the series, and maybe that's when you might be able to find a better price. Yeah, I really like looking at the adjusted series prices, too. Uh, you know, if Washington were to lose tonight, you might be able to get them at 2-1 to one to win the series. Who knows? Maybe better. If Boston was to lose tonight, you might get them at even money or minus 110 or something like that to win the series. So certainly opportunities uh, abound after just one game in the books of these seven-game sets. Let's get back to the Diamonds here, James. The Athletics are at the Twins. This is a 105 Pacific first pitch, 405 Eastern, and it'll be Cole Irvin, the lefty, facing Jose Barrios. Minnesota has lost five in a row, and they're now in last place in the AL Central. Oakland is on top in the AL West, leading Houston by a game and a half. The Twins are favored here, however, at home, minus 140 on the money line, eight and a half is your total was really tempted to jump the A's here and take that dog price with Oakland. I think really that the numbers coming in on Jose Barrios and that's that he they need to get a good start out of Barrios tonight. They are this morning, this afternoon, wherever you're at, they really need him to get out there. The last time he really kind of struggled with his command against Detroit, but was still able to work through five walks and get in there and pitch six innings. I just kind of struggle with Barrios. There's I've seen plenty of starts whether I backed him or faded him, where he does have he's he's got good stuff, but if it's he's he falls behind in the count, he sometimes has the, the like this look, this body language to him that I just feel like he gets frustrated with himself. You can see him working through things internally, and that plays out on sometimes his performance here. So I didn't take the A's here. I was looking at Brady. I've been digging around, at least in Colorado. I have options with a few books out here to find some of these player props and in particular pitcher props that I've been playing, and that's where I went with this with this option here with Oakland instead of taking the full nine which I may still get involved here but I like where I'm sitting here with Cole Irvin you mentioned him as the starter today he has pitched at least six innings in his last three starts and really going against this scuffling twins lineup here I'm looking at a, a price at a dollar 20 for Irvin to go over 16 and a half outs so that's just getting into that sixth inning I think he 
pitches a full six inning. I think the Twins are really struggling here offensively, struggling to string hits together. I like what we've seen out of Cole Irvin so far this season. So I did play that prop with Cole Irvin to go over 16 and a half outs, laying a dollar twenty, and I may still get here involved with Oakland as the dog. You know, I am actually on the Twins today. I do lean towards the over in this ball game as well. But I thought Oakland. Uh, you know, I, I got to believe, and you're included with with all kinds of other people. I imagine James that the first reaction is, oh my gosh, the Oakland A's against the Twins, who are you know at the bottom of the division. They've lost five in a row, and I'm getting the A's as a juicy underdog. It makes sense, but I, I think uh, you know obviously the odds makers know about Burrios on the hill for Minnesota. So I went with the favorite today. I hope Minnesota gets healthy today, but uh, it makes a lot of sense absolutely to look at Oakland, who's been a red hot team. Just took two out of three from the Boston Red Sox and atop the AL West as an underdog today. Do you love live in-game action? Then download the free Odds Trader app right now. Start winning with up-to-the-second info that you need. This is the pregame show, getting your Saturday morning of sports betting started right here with James Salinas and Brady Cannon from the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Episodes this week of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. The first is a pop-up with Las Vegas bookmakers and horse players Chris Andrews, Johnny Avello, and Dwayne Colucci. They analyze all ten horses in the weekend's race. The regular episode from Baltimore features Hall of Fame trainer Dwayne Lucas, Medina Spirits exercise rider Umberto Gomez, and Maryland Jockey Club TV host Naomi Tucker. Both episodes are available now at vsun.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back to the pregame show. Brady Cannon and James Salinas and Chris Andrews now joins us, stopping by for his usual spot on a Saturday morning. He's the director of race and sports right here at the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa. Good morning to you, Chris. And we often talk about an athlete or a team maybe being distracted when we try and handicap an event or a matchup. And I want to ask you, of course, you're a well-versed horse player can that happen to a horse? Medina Spirit, of course, is he at all possibly distracted by what's been going on with the drug test story for a week now as we head into the Preakness Snakes at Pimlico this afternoon? Well, I mean, horses can't get distracted, but, the, you know, the drug test isn't going to do it. Uh, they might get spooked by a big crowd or uh, a lot of horses don't like to run down along the rail. I mean, that could always spook them, but I don't think Medina Spirit has any idea about a drug test. So, no, I wouldn't let that affect my handicapping. Chris, so thinking about distractions, because of all the all this, you know, the the drama that was swirling around with Medina Spirit after the Kentucky Derby, I'm wondering if that has placed any kind of distraction there with the betting handle of what's going on for the Preakness here coming up in a few hours. Well, yeah, that now that's a whole different story. As a matter of fact, the last rundown I got from uh, Vincent's own 
uh, were on flatter. Medina Spirit's three to one. You know, so on the morning line it was nine to five, so a little less than two to one. Now he's three to one, and I think I think he'll get bet probably a little bit more before post. But I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off at odds as high as five to two. Really, a lot of guys just don't think the horse was all that good, including me. Uh, you know, listen, he, he was benefited from a fantastic ride, and uh, you know, a lot of horses came charging at the end. It was a very very close race. I personally don't think he could do it again, but uh, you know, it looks like a lot of the public also is feeling the same way because usually the derby winner goes off the favorite a pretty strong favorite in in the, the preakness but i don't think that's going to be the case here. As a matter of fact it looks like midnight bourbon is probably the uh, wise guy horse in this race chris i wonder if uh you're on concert tour i've heard that horse's name uh bandied about quite a bit was the second choice as far as the morning line may actually be the favorite by the time we get to post yeah, he might be. I don't think he will. I think I think Midnight Bourbon might hold on to that. It might be favored or even second choice. But, yeah, I have concertories in my exactas, and I think he has a big chance to win. But uh, I'm going with Rombauer is my choice in the race. He's about 12 to 1. I think he'll be right around there come post time. And, uh, you know, I think he's got a real big shot to win this race, and that's who's going to get my money. Chris, let's jump to the NFL for just a minute. Now that the NFL has released its full season schedule for all 32 teams the other day, I'm wondering if that's had any kind of impact on division odds, future odds, season win totals, anything like that there for you guys at the South Point. Well, not yet. You know, um, we've had uh, definitely some play on season win totals. We've had only very little on uh, division odds. Now, naturally, we've had a lot of action already on Super Bowl and conference, but we had those up, uh, you know, before the last Super Bowl game was played. So we have uh, quite a bit of action there. And, you know, you always have to watch that and see what people feel about uh, certain teams and how they, how they are going to bet them on some of the other props you have. So I can tell you one of the hot sides that we're getting uh, all throughout the, you know, the whole menu is uh, Minnesota Vikings. And I think part of it is maybe they're a little undervalued, but uh, they also think that if, if Rodgers goes elsewhere besides Green Bay, uh, that they're in a pretty good position to win a division, and then from there you never know what can happen in the playoffs. Yeah, that makes sense. Chris, uh, before we let you go, what about hockey? The playoffs, of course, start today with the Capitals and the Bruins. Is there a team that you have some liability on here at the South Point that the betters are hitting hard to uh, either win a series or hoist the cup? Uh, you know, nothing too crazy. We've got a few teams we're looking to avoid. Um, I'm looking here real quick on my board. You know, nothing really, nothing that would uh, catch your eyes. Like, oh, my God, i got to knock this team out. Now, the NBA is a whole different story, but we'll get to that next week, I guess. <laughs> All right, my man. Great to hear from you, as always, and you enjoy your Saturday, Chris. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, that is Chris Andrews, the director of race and sports right here at the South Point. Over my shoulder, behind the window there, behind the counter, come say hello to Mr. Andrews if you stop by the South Point a little later today. We'll come back and preview some of that NBA Chris referenced when we come back on the other side, right here on the pregame show on v
today, and the VEASAN horse racing experts are analyzing the horses, the jockeys, track conditions, starting positions, and prior race results to find the betting edge. Whether you play the horses every week or search the terms exacta and trifecta about once a year, our team is here to get you ready to make your best bet on the Preakness. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners, and picks from horse racing specialists, including Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plonk. That's all at VEASAN.com slash horses. Welcome back to the pregame show. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you on a Saturday morning. And James, we've got a good matchup here in the NBA. This one will tip in about an hour and a half from now, and that is the Suns at the Spurs in San Antonio. Phoenix has two games remaining, and they'll really need to win them both in order to secure the top spot in the Western Conference. They'll also need Utah to drop a game here before the end of the season. The Spurs, now they're locked into the 10-hole in the play-in round of the playoffs. Suns are laying double digits on the road, favored by 11.5 with a total of 225. Motivation for both teams. Suns, like you said, Brady, to try to get into that number one seed. If Utah does stumble tomorrow, they Utah closes out with Sacramento, I believe, tomorrow. And Suns do have the tiebreaker over Utah if it ends up playing out that way. I think here, though, the motivation for the Spurs is to get healthy. This is a banged-up team that's there. Like you said, their playoff seeding is already set with the play-in sitting in the 10 spot. They're not going to be able to move anywhere from there. I'm looking that and I get why the number is where it is Brady and continues to climb at 11 out here in favor of the Suns here's the list for here's the list for the Spurs not going today Rudy Gay is now listed as out DeRozan is out for rest Deontay Murray is going to be out with a back injury as well as the lone big it's not a very big team to begin with not a very deep team either are the Spurs Jacob Podol is also going to be out for rest purposes so and I don't think DeAndre Ayton is going to play or at least he's listed as game time decision for the Suns, but ultimately, Suns still trying to, to to keep that momentum going. Terrific season that we've seen out of Phoenix all season long. I'm not going to get involved with a big number like that, but I can see why the money is moving in favor of the Suns. The uh, heat at the Bucks, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, and Miami can still fall into either the 4, 5, or 6 hole in the Eastern Conference, and Milwaukee can still get past Brooklyn for second place. Now, the Bucks have won two in a row. Miami has won four in a row, and the Heat are favored here on the road by three points with a total of 231. Interesting to see what what Milwaukee team are we going to see. I was reading through, uh, look, listening to Giannis the other day, and Giannis was talking about they gutted out this win on uh, last Thursday, but ultimately he said fatigue is setting in. So what is that? Anytime you read, you hear players saying those types of things, fatigue is setting in, and they know that. Yeah, how much is it really worth to play for when you're talking about either the two or the three seed? I'm not really sure here. Now thinking about the the impact for the Bucks playing the Heat. I think for the Bucks, you know, that was who handled them last year in the playoffs, and maybe it's this is a, a message to be able to send if we see you guys again in the playoffs. This is the team that you're going to see. I'm looking at their injury report. I don't see anybody listed for Milwaukee, so maybe today is the effort that comes from the Bucks, and then they sit everybody for the season finale at Chicago tomorrow. I kind of suspect that's what's going to happen here, but Brady, I, I like I'm not going to, I haven't played this game, but I I understand why the money's coming in on the heat, just how well they've played 
winners of 11 of the last 14. And ultimately, this is as healthy, really, as they've been all season. Number of injuries early in the season, as well as COVID, uh, a COVID outbreak that hit that locker room. They're finally getting here. I think the Heat are going to be a dangerous team. I don't think I'm going to get involved with this game because I'm just still iffy as to what Bucks team we're going to see tonight. But I, I, I'm going to be looking at some futures in the Eastern Conference with the Miami Heat and see what opportunities and options are there because this is a team that is built. We saw their playoff run last year in the bubble. They are more of a half-court style of team with a great coach and Spolster that has the ability from in-game as well as game-to-game throughout a series to make adjustments based on their opponents and their strengths and weaknesses. I like what we're seeing with the Heat right now. Half-court, they execute. They know who they are, their toughness that we see out of that team. Not going to play this game tonight, but I'm looking forward to seeing the Heat come playoff time. Yeah, I agree with you there as far as the future's concern with the Miami Heat. Uh, could be a repeat back to the finals if uh, they continue what we've seen out of them as of late. I think this will be a good game. I'm not getting going to get involved with this one either, but uh, I could understand. I see why the Heat are a favorite, and I wouldn't be surprised if they covered the number. Let's go back to the Diamonds here while we've got a couple of minutes, and I will start in Boston where the Angels are visiting the Red Sox. It'll be Dylan Bundy taking on Martin Perez, and this is a another worst versus first here. Uh, we were talking about Minnesota taking on the Oakland A's, uh, the Angels at the bottom of the AL West, of course the Red Sox at the top of the AL East. The Los Angeles has dropped three straight. They trail Oakland by six and a half games in the American League East. The Bo Sox on top in the American League East, leading the Yankees by two games, and the Halos are a slight road favorite here behind Bundy at minus 115, James, with a total of nine and a half. And I think that number is sitting there because of who is on the hill for the Red Sox and Martin Perez. And I am betting against him. I'm not betting the Angels. Talked about it. Yeah, they are in the, the bottom of the AL West. But it's not because that lineup doesn't have the uh, cap- capability to hit the baseball. They surely do, especially the number of right-handers that they're going to trot out to face Martin Perez today. They've hit collectively over 300 against Perez with eight extra base hits, including four homers. He's a nibbler. He's He's going to nibble against this team. He's only struck them out. This lineup that he's going to see today struck them out 14 times and given up 18 walks. So he's not going to give in and challenge these guys. And I think we'll see an approach from the Angels that they'll take more of a less aggressive approach. See if he can get ahead in the see if they can get ahead in the count. See if they can force Perez to have to challenge them and give in. Not sure if he will, but take the walk because the one thing we do out of the Angels is it is a pretty potent lineup, especially from that right side. I like the matchup. Here, I did not bet the game, but what I'm betting is I'm betting against Martin Perez here. He's his total of total outs were listed at 15 and a half. It was juiced to a dollar 25. I laid the juice on that one rather than lay the juice on the Angels to win this game. I don't think he's going to get through five innings, let alone get into the six. So if that's the case, if he does get through five, still covers the number. I don't see Perez going out to start the sixth inning here. So he, they've had good success against him. I like the Angels in that spot, but I'll just bet Perez under 15 and a half outs. I did lay the juice $1.25. I I don't have a play here, but I do have a lean, James, and it's exactly what you're talking about. That potent Los Angeles lineup versus Martin Perez. I kind of like over the total. 
I hear you. That's, that kind of correlates, right? If, Pare, if Perez can't get through and go, go into the sixth inning, they probably banged him around pretty good, which leads to a total going over. All right, one more segment to go. We'll see if we can get a Preakness picks out of Mr. Salinas. Also, a few more baseball games to go over. We'll be right back right here on the pregame show on VSIN. will run tonight and VEASAN has everything you need to get a betting edge. Join VEASAN.com slash horses to find our full race coverage and picks from horse racing specialists. Plus, get a special offer from our partners at First Bet. First Bet is giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now and use the promo code Vegas20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to VEASAN subscription products for free from now through the Belmont State. Sign up now and you get all the analysis and wagering on every race with AI-assisted picks, secure payments, attentive customer service, and a reliable website. Go to vcin.com slash horses now for this special offer and expert analysis on the Preakness. That's vsin.com slash horses. Welcome back to the pregame show. Of course, the Preakness coming up about 3.50 Pacific time, 6.50 Eastern when they will run that race at Pimlico. We'll see if we can get a pick out of James here towards the end of the segment, but let's resume with the baseball, James, and I will start in Detroit. The Cubs at the Tigers, 110 Pacific, 410 Eastern. It'll be Trevor Williams versus Jose Urena. Tigers starting to play better baseball as of late. They've uh, go, uh, gone 500 baseball over their last 10 games. Now, Chicago still a game below 500, and they are four games off the pace in the NL Central, but the Cubs, a good-sized road favorite at Detroit, minus 130 with a total of nine. Not playing the side here, Brady, but I do have a play on the Tigers in a sense, betting on another pitcher prop. I'm going to keep milking these until this market catches up. I think the thing that we see that I that I try to find with baseball is with pitchers coming in from starting the season, a lot of times they don't always get themselves fully extended. It's a work in progress for pitchers as far as stretching their arms out. Now we're starting to see pitchers with six, seven. Sometimes this is going to be their eighth start of the season. We're starting to see more work out of pitchers, and I think Jose Irene is one of those pitchers as well. Now, he started off really hot for the Tigers. In a sense, he's been their best pitcher, at least their most consistent innings eater. He's worked through seven innings in four out of his last five starts. I was looking at his outs here. They're sitting at 16 and a half. Uh, it's juiced to about twenty. Uh, looking here against this Cubs lineup, it's really a, you know, it's a feast or famine lineup. It's not a team that runs the bases with a lot of speed. They are looking to drive the ball out of the ballpark and and pick your poison when you're swinging hard you do have the ability the harder it comes in the harder it goes out but you also swing and miss a lot and that's what the cubs do as well they're near the bottom of major league baseball when it comes to to putting the ball in play and and as far as strikeouts go uh, they're just a tick under averaging 10 per game so i found a juice price here now urania is not a real overpowering pitcher but he does have a pretty filthy slider as an out pitch when he gets ahead that's where i'm going here his 
his strikeouts are sitting at over four and a half plus 115. Maybe it's the juice. I like the juice being in favor on my side plus 15 cents here. Uh, and I think he's going to be able to get ahead of some of these Cubs hitters. They're not the most disciplined team at the plate. He w- they will swing and chase and miss. And the fact that he has gone seven innings so many times, four out of his last five starts, I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to see that Cubs lineup to, to get a number of strikeouts. So looking here, strikeouts over four and a half plus juice to my side at 15 cents. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. He does really have a filthy slider, does Urena. I actually played the Cubs here, so maybe we can both win. You can get your strikeouts, but a couple of long balls uh, fly out of the park for the Cubs, and they get the victory in the ball game. The Giants at the Pirates. This is a 335 Pacific, 635 Eastern start, and it'll be Johnny Cueto against Tyler Anderson. San Francisco remains on top in the NL West, leading San Diego by a game and a half. The Pirates are six games under 500 and in the cellar in the NL Central. The Giants are a short road favorite this afternoon at PNC Park. Minus 115 on the money line, James. Seven and a half is your total. Pirates are playing about as what we expected as far as meeting expectations. We knew they were going to bring up bring up the rear when it came to the NL Central. But I think here, Tyler Anderson has really been their best pitcher all season long. Most consistent starter. Last three starts, he's got he's been eating innings for this team. Gone 20 and two-thirds innings of those three starts, allowing just nine hits, five earned runs. Was kind of leaning towards the Pirates here, not only with Anderson on the hill, but more so firing against Johnny Cueto just came off the aisle. He missed a number of starts, came back last week. And a lot of times I'm either fading that situation or I stay away. I did not bet that last week when he came off the aisle against IL against San Diego, but he got tagged pretty good by the Padres, gave up eight hits and five earned runs in just those three innings. So didn't last very long, did Cueto. I was leaning towards the Pirates here, but anytime we're seeing that lineup here, the Pirates are a scrappy team. You know, they give great effort. You got a lot of young guys trying to prove themselves within that lineup. So giving good effort night in, day in, day out, let's say it with Major League Baseball, was leading that way with the Pirates, but I didn't end up pulling the trigger. You know, I did, and really exactly what you're talking about there. It's a little bit of a fade of Johnny Cueto for me. I think he's probably the one starter in the Giants lineup that I like to go against. And then Anderson, probably the best pitcher conversely for the Pirates. So I think it sets up nicely. I was able to get the Pirates on the overnight line. I think it was like plus 123. So a pretty good price there. We'll see what happens in this one at PNC. The Yankees are at the Orioles, 405 Pacific, 705 Eastern. It'll be Domingo Herman versus Jorge Lopez. Baltimore has dropped three straight. The Yankees have won seven of their last ten, and they're starting to creep up on Boston in the AL East. And there is another road favorite here in favor of the Yankees, minus 146 on the money line with a total of eight and a half. Number out here in Colorado in favor of the Yankees sitting at $1.65. So it's rolling up. Money is definitely coming in on the Yankees. And I'm – both of these pitchers, you mentioned both Herman and with Lopez, these are pitchers I usually fade. These are pitchers I fire against, especially Lopez. Uh, he actually beat me the other day. I bet against him uh, with the Red Sox, and he shut the Red Sox down through six innings. Gave his best start of the season last year, went home, or last last outing on Monday against the Red Sox. Looking at both of these pitchers here, neither neither of these pitchers are, are folks that I want to trust up on the mound for a full nine innings. Was looking at maybe the total 
but then with the issues going on with the Yankees, not only with some injuries, but some COVID issues going on with that lineup, just was apprehensive to try to get involved with this game. I don't like either pitcher and with the Yankees situation with their lineup where it is right now. I didn't have a play. Yeah, I didn't do anything with this uh, one either. And you're right. This line has changed uh, about the lowest number now here in Las Vegas is minus 155 consensus minus 160 on the Yankees. I didn't do anything, but I do lean over the total in the ball game. The Braves are at the Brewers. This is the battle of the Andersons, James. Ian Anderson against Brett Anderson on the mound today at Miller Park. Milwaukee has lost two in a row and seven of ten. Atlanta remains under 500, but just three games back of New York in the National League East and yet another road favorite here Braves are minus 115 with a total of seven and a half and I understand it Ian Anderson's been he's been pretty consistent for the Braves so far this season I think it's more so maybe it's a bet against the Brewers and that just really weak hitting lineup. We know their bullpen is is very solid. If you can get into the late innings with the Brewers with the lead, you're set up pretty well. If you can get to that sixth or seventh inning with even a one-run lead, they they, they do have some shutdown folks coming out of that bullpen. Just not sure if the Brewers get there. I, I like the Brewers coming into the season really based not only on the bullpen but that starting rotation for the Brewers. But... The lineup has been banged up somewhat, and it's just really been a a struggle for them to try to stretch and string any hits together here. I understand where that number is going with the Braves, but no play for me on this game. Yeah, Milwaukee started off so hot. Now they've been in a little bit of a funk here lately. Uh, Speaking of a funk, how about the Kansas City Royals? They really started off hot. Uh, The Royals are at the White Sox. This will be Mike Miner against Carlos Rodon. Kansas City extended that losing streak all the way to 11 games before splitting the doubleheader with Chicago on Friday. The White Sox have won eight out of their last ten. They lead in the AL Central by a game and a half now. Southsiders a big favorite, James. Minus 188 is your total. Well, looking at this number here, it's two dollars now in Ooh. favor of the White Sox. So I'm not sure they did. The Royals did get the funk out a little bit yesterday, taking down the first game of that doubleheader. But I, I get where this number is. It's really Carlos Rodon. I mean, to talk about a few pitchers that have really stepped out and beyond whatever expectations I might have had. I don't know what my expectations were for Rodon going into the season, but it definitely wasn't going to be how he's how he's pitched so far this year. He's been he's been spectacular. Also with a no hit no hitter to his credit this season as well. I did get involved in this game, but I'm betting against the Royals here in the fact of Mike Miner getting on this hill. I like what we've seen out of this White Sox lineup. I want to check a Bray status. I know he ran it. He got a, a was involved in a collision yesterday with the third baseman there for Kansas City. Want to see where his status is, but really the White Sox are one of these few teams, Brady, that actually has some speed and can manufacture runs. We don't, we're not seeing the ball fly out of the ballpark nearly to the extent we've seen it in years past, and I think that lends to teams like the White Sox that do have some speed on the bases and can go first to third on hits to right field and makes and generate and manufacture some runs. Here with Mike Myers, is really where I'm going, and I'm betting against Mike Miner. Found another pitching prop here. He's sitting at 16 and a half outs. It is juiced to the under at a dollar 20. But he he faced the White Sox earlier. Uh, five 
innings, five earned runs. He's only pitched six innings in one start out of his seven starts so far this season. I don't see him getting being able to get to the sixth inning here, so I'm going to bet the under against Mike Miner today against this hot White Sox lineup. Under 16.5 outs, juiced at $1.20. All right, James, the sport of kings. We wrap up the program with a look at the Preakness. Of course, the second jewel of the Triple Crown today at Pimlico in Baltimore. Have you made a play yet on the race or anything uh, you're thinking about doing before they uh, go again at about 3.50 Pacific, 6.50 p.m. Eastern time today? Brady, full transparency, I am not a horse better. I I struggle trying to find bets on folks and critters with two legs. I'm not going to double my <laughs> my work with four. I did bet Midnight Bourbon in the Kentucky Derby. Obviously, that didn't get home, but that was more karma because I just relate to the lifestyle. You know, I tipped uh, Medina Spirit here. I don't believe it was on the pregame show. I think it was on the green zone a couple weeks ago for the Kentucky Derby. And uh, I'm going to go with Rombauer today. And uh, that's simply just because it's a wine I'm familiar with James <laughs> I'm right there with you maybe I'll go back to the midnight bourbon because again I relate You're to the lifestyle but too. I think I'm I think I'm going to bed early tonight Brady so I probably won't get involved because I'm that's not going to be the lifestyle for me tonight next up it is betting across America James will stick around and Adam Candy will be in shortly stick with us on VEASAN the sports betting network <laughs> 